Man, that global warming thing might be for real because you could definitely not tell it's fall outside, folks. Welcome back to another episode here on What's the Word of Entertainment, of course. Joined by my co-host and partner in crime, the homie Obed. I am Sherm. We're here to bring you another full-fledged edition here on What's the Word of Entertainment. What's going on with you, Obed? How's everything with you? Man, living the dream. Another beautiful day in paradise. A little rainy out here, but staying dry in these streets. <laughs> yeah, man. Let's get into it, sir. Man, I had some unfortunate news to announce. I'm sure I'm sure everyone is aware of the longtime host of Jeopardy, Alex Trebek, passed away at the age of 80 from pancreatic cancer. Um, man, this dude was definitely first class all the way. I mean, Jeopardy is probably one of the all-time greatest game shows, and it got me kind of thinking about it. Now, Jeopardy, obviously... You've seen some great contestants on this show, and you have to be, I would say, highly intelligent to perform well on these on this on this type of show. But it got me thinking about what kind of what kind of game shows would I like would I like to be on, or maybe what's talking about what's your favorite game show of all time. And I've always thought looked thought about you know Wheel of Family Feud, uh, Wheel of Fortune is always classic too. But dude, for me, Price is Right all day, you know. You know, the old school probably with Bob Barker. I don't know. I'm not, I can't yes. say I'm not too much of a fan of your boy Jim Carrey, but Bob Barker all day. You know, the price is wrong. Boop, you know. <laughs> <laughs> great, you know? great scene from an Adam Sandler film. Uh, have you? Yeah. Yep, yep, dude. Yeah, I would definitely say price is right going to play some Plinko, play for a car in the uh, bonus round, you know. The right. price is right. Is def- to me, that ranks up there. Like I said, family, I mean, family, uh, family feud, Wheel of Fortune is up there for me. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know about any, any particulars in your mind, Obed. I mean, those were, those were some of the ones I was thinking about. I mean, you know, just turn around like survey says, excuse me. For me, it, it had to have been like 90s Nickelodeon just had all of the shows popping off between Ooh. guts, global guts, the aggro crag. I mean, double you hit dare. the actual double dare, Ooh. right? Um, for me, is Legends of the Hidden Temple, dog. 9-11, oh, yes. 1993 was the premiere of Legends of the Hidden Temple. And it had all of the elements of like, you know, uh, uh, the physical aspect where you're doing the events, the Jeopardy where you have to answer questions, uh, and then the run-through maze, and you might get snatched up by one of the temple guards. Like, mm-hmm. he's definitely, like, had an all-encompassing feel as far as, like, a really good game show. Yeah, that was – man, that brings me back, dude. Right. Yo, I mean, things are so different now with all these kind of things you have, like, you know, who wants to be a millionaire is coming back on. What, which, what, what a great game show, which actually just recently came back on – um is a supermarket sweep i used to stay watching that back in the day back in the back again in the 90s you know it just kind of they kind of just 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 brought it back uh recently like leslie jones i believe is the host of that one so that's something dope i want to actually i want to check out for real but yo it always i always saw that i I always wanted to go on a wheel of fortune i feel like wheel of fortune would definitely be the easiest one because all you're doing is just picking letters out (laughs) right exactly exactly you know the the funniest part is when people can't answer what it is like who are the moops like what man it's the moors dog but obviously that's a (laughs) sign yeah but it's like dude they got a 26 word uh 26 letter phrase up there they got 25 letters but they can't get it right like dude exactly (laughs) (laughs) that's to me is the funniest thing but yo i just thought it'll bring bring some light to this situation but you know but condolences out to the trebek family and all his loved ones but Definitely a good one. Definitely another good one gone. Let's get into the sports section. Obed, start off with college football. Obviously, the biggest game of the weekend, probably the biggest upset was Notre Dame upsetting number one Clemson at home. Um, man, this was a good. This was another Barnabas. This is a definitely a good one. Um, you know, because went it went into overtime, double overtime, if I'm not mistaken. Notre Dame ended up winning forty-seven to forty. 
the real story for me for this game, Obed, was the run game. Clemson's run game didn't exist. We, I think just last week, you and I were praising the Travis Etienne, the running back out of Clemson, how he was probably the most legit back in football. He didn't do squat. And even last week, in the last game, he was, he was, he was uh, out of the backfield receiving well, too. Yeah. I mean, he had a few catches here. But, dude, he didn't even have 100 yards from scrimmage. Man, uh, what, what does this say about Clemson without Trevor Lawrence? And I get it, Trevor Lawrence wasn't there. But, man, is it really just because Trevor Lawrence wasn't there? Or is it just that Notre Dame is just that much better than Clemson? I don't know. Quite frankly, I'm, I'm leaning towards the fact that Trevor Lawrence wasn't there. But could we see Notre Dame just kind of blow through the rest of the year? And let's say they do make the college football playoff really running the table. I mean, honestly, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, congratulations to Notre Dame for pulling us off. Uh, but, you know, let's, let's be quite frank here. You can only operate as the Travis Etienne show for so long until a team that has the, the pedigree can come out here and say, okay, there is no Trevor Lawrence. The threat of the past is not there, even though uh, uh, DJ Uegaleli, Hopefully I got that right. Yeah, I think, I think that was right. Good job. Well okay. done. <laughs> 29 of 44 for 439 yards and two touchdowns. That's, that's, it's, it's for a backup, that is not a bad stat line. But obviously – For Notre a Dame, freshman backup. For a freshman mind. backup, exactly. Uh, the, it's, for, it's, it's really much so much – really more so much on the defense of the Fighting Irish figuring out that all we got to do is stop Travis. They don't have the, the quarterbacking – prowess to come out here and do some work i'm obviously you know 439 yards of, of uh air offense is nothing to scoff at but again this is right. a team that could rack up 200 plus yards on the ground and three touchdowns easily only racking up 34 yards on 33 carries um, that's big that's mm -hmm. big um and you know to your point about you know what potentially could happen as far as the the playoffs going forward i mean i see clemson getting into the into the college football playoffs easily i mean I, i'm sure they're going to absolutely run the table you know they're they're not looking at anything that's going to uh going to you know make them slip up at all they, they don't have any ranked opponents uh on the rest of their schedule um on the same thing with notre dame so you know personally i don't see the top four changing much if at all unless somebody slips up um you know but again my hats off to notre dame i feel like they went ahead and, and pulled it off now, now can we talk about fans storming the field you know, Dude. Sherman, they, these are supposed to be really smart kids at Notre Dame. Like, what are they doing storming the field? And it's funny, like, so social distancing just went out the window there. And I believe this is the same university where they had a COVID outbreak before school started, you know, right, right as school season started. Yep. But yet you want to just storm the field and have thousands and thousands of people just all around each other. Yeah, great job, Notre Dame. But you know what? Shame on the security and personnel at, at, the, at the stadium. Right. They, they, I feel like they could have contained it better. Because yeah. I don't, I'm pretty sure it wasn't a sellout crowd, and you know, they had some sort of um, limitation on the fans. I was gonna say, right? Like this isn't a, you know, this isn't sixty, seventy thousand fans about the Russian field. This is like what, maybe ten, fifteen thousand people. Yeah, I know. And maybe we can pull up the stats on there really quick. But yeah. it's just, it's just like, hey, where was, you know what I mean? Where was the personnel in this? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You know, even even people were tweeting about this right after. Even LeBron James you know, mm -hmm. uh, weighed in on this, saying so. It's okay for fans to storm the field, but not okay at the same time to have fans. I'm confused. End quote. You know, what I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. While in some sports, you don't even let people near the stadium, yeah. but yet you let thousands of people rush the field. 
college yeah. kids who knows how how well they're actually going to wash their hands or take care of themselves they're still playing beer pong and sharing cups right like i mean I, at the end of yeah. the day you think, know it's again you said it kids kids yeah. this, this is their mentality they have they have no to them they have no cares or worries in the world you know yeah F- former notre dame uh player and whole and you know and and graduate my goal with my goal with waiting he said or junior waiting said i should be spending the next few days being obnoxious and instead i'm gonna have to be chastising our student section yeah exactly <laughs> exactly could it could be enjoying this win but again some of the smartest kids quote unquote in america mm-hmm. breaking social distancing guidelines like i get it you know you, you want to have a good time you want to have fun but it's stuff like this if you can't sacrifice storming the field like enjoy the win and move on mm-hmm. enjoy and the win and move on right and how fact that trevor lawrence couldn't play because he had covid the week before he he actually tested negative but he still couldn't play he has to be on the sideline with a mask but yeah. yet notre dame fans stormed the field because that makes a lot of sense and and move on. Um, another upset with Florida beat number five, Michigan. Um, excuse me, not uh, Georgia. Excuse me, pretty damn easily, if I must say. Florida beat them forty-four to twenty-eight. So the Gators, they're looking pretty good. Um, Kyle Trask is playing is playing well. I'll say threw for four seventy-four and four scores. I mean, Georgia is probably expected to be up there with you know Alabama, you know, fighting for that uh, SEC title, which they probably which they still could. But man. What does this say about Florida? You know, and the, we were talking about them earlier in the year too. You know how how their players had a had, they had a COVID outbreak. The, the coach the coach got a COVID as well too. Yep. yep. So I was kind of you know now that Florida is the what Florida is now I think four and one if I'm not, or if not mistaken. Um, so they're doing pretty well, but I was I was kind of shocked by this. I thought Georgia would, would win this game. I mean, I, I'll be honest, this is a COVID season. All of these guys are going to get asterisks on how well they're playing. I mean, they're all going to get air quotes from me on what their ranking is. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, you look at who's in, you know, we're, we're going to talk about, do you think that there's going to be two SEC teams in the college football playoffs right now? I do mean, you believe ob- that that's a chance? Obviously, you still got Bama up there. Now that Notre Dame is seven zero, they're still they're in the mix in the ACC. Ohio State for sure is going to I'm sure is going to run the table getting their Big Ten, and you got to look at you now. You said Clemson, so you you might have two ACC teams in there. So now that with this with this loss by George, you know, can Florida kind of creep up? We're going to see there, but maybe Texas A and M jumps jumps in the mix. So they're sitting at number five right now in the polls. So I think it's more likely there it could be two ACC teams than two SEC teams in the college football playoff this season. I would agree with you on that one. I mean, I just, at the end of the day, college football schedules are just trash. Like it's just easy. Yeah, it's not the same. You're not, I mean, just in general, right? Like not Mm -hmm. even just this season. Like we're talking about each of these schedules. Each of these teams have like three games left. OSU is looking at Indiana, quote unquote, the number 10 team in the nation. Stop Mm -hmm. it. You know, Mm -hmm. Bama's looking at Auburn number 24 when they play in the Iron Bowl. That might be a game, but I have Bama winning easily in that one. Right. Uh, Notre Dame and Clemson all have unranked opponents. This is all fodder and gesticulation because if none of these teams lose, they're not losing their top four ranking. You're not jumping Florida over any one of these teams that are that are underneath, that are right above them, just because they've gotten a couple good wins, right? Like, I, there's right. no reason for – they've already released the rankings, right? Like, Clemson mm-hmm. is our number four team, and that's not going to change as long as they keep mm-hmm. winning. So what you see is what, what I think you're getting. Yeah, but it also t- depends too what happens with the game because look at Alabama LSU is for this game has been postponed, you know. So it also depends if they get to even finish the games out the rest of the season. So yeah. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's kind of like like you said you, that that asterisk 
you kind of can't be right. Like I don't really, I'm not a fan of this season, how it's being played, the scheduling wise. And it, it's not, it's not the same college football is not the same where it is. Right. And, you know, I was kind of going to, I was kind of going to go on a little rant here about Penn state, but I'm not even going to bother right now. Cause I don't even want to waste my time. So <laughs> let's just move it along. Oh, Ben, let's talk, let's talk, about, <laughs> let's talk about the NFL here. Um, do a little week nine recap. My, my game of the week, the Buffalo Bills, baby. They're circling them wagons to get that <laughs> old date. Now, I know you, you, you and I were kind of talking offline, and you didn't really see this game as being such a big victory over, the, over Seattle as, my, as I did, perhaps. You know, I'm really questioning, though, know, how legit is Buffalo? I mean, this was a good win for them. I, I, I think so. Um, you may not think so, but I do think so. And it really – and this game really showed – I think Josh Allen had a phenomenal game. Threw for over 400 yards, you know, in three scores. But he really he he 100 carried the team because there was no running game anyone either side of the ball for either team. Excuse me. Yeah. Buffalo didn't run the ball well. Seattle didn't run the ball well. Granted, they were with their second or third string running back leading the way. Yeah. I get that. But even Buffalo didn't run the ball very well too. They had less rushing yards than Seattle did. But Josh Allen showed out had played a played a better game than Russell Wilson did. Russell Wilson, I believe, had accounted for, what, four turnovers, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. um, including two, two picks and two fumbles. So, to me, this showed Buffalo is a very solid team. You know, their schedule doesn't get much easier moving forward, but I don't know what's going to happen. I still think – I'm still go with Buffalo winning the AFC East, like I said, the beginning of the year. Yeah, I can see them winning the AFC East, honestly, at this point. That maybe they're about four games ahead at this point. Uh, I mean, you know, New England picks up a game against the Jets. But, again, that's at, at week eight, New England beating the Jets is what you expect, right? <laughs> or, excuse me, after eight games in going into week nine, you expect that. You didn't expect it to be as much of a game. I mean, look like they, the, the ghost of Joe Flacco came back just throwing stuff up to Rashad Berriman. Um, New England should have waxed them. That was ridiculous. It came down to a game field goal. Yep. Yep. Uh, and, you know, was pushing for overtime there. Uh, but, you know, I, I, this is a good win for Buffalo. Is a statement win? I completely disagree. I disagree because we are eight weeks in. At, at, so this is the points total scored against for the Seattle defense. 25 against Atlanta. They gave up 30 to New England. New England has the, is the number 31 ranked pace of play in the NFL right now. Number 32 is the Jets. So we literally watched the two slowest offenses on TV on Monday night. They gave up 31 to Dallas, 23 to Miami, 26 to Minnesota. Arizona got them for 37, and that, I believe, is because it's a, a, a division opponent. Mm -hmm. San Francisco, who we know is 100% depleted, put 27 on them. And then Buffalo came in and gave them 44 right. at home because, you know, Seattle's on the road. The West Coast teams have not fared well having to travel to the East Coast. Mm -hmm. All we learned is that the Buffalo Bills have an offense. They're, we've, they've shown us that. They can go out there and they can throw it up and they can make points. What we learned is nothing more than consistent that Seattle has no secondary. The biggest story there for me is that they had the return of Jamal Adams. They had the addition of Carlos Dunlap, who they traded for late. They had the addition of a couple uh, linebackers and, and a, another corner with five guys coming onto the defense, and they still couldn't stop anyone, right? This is a potential Super Bowl winning offense that uh, uh, Russell Wilson is cooking with, and mm -hmm. they can't stop a nosebleed. So when this team comes into your house and Pete Carroll's like, well, we didn't expect them to, to run as much. Of course not, because your secondary is a sieve, right? I'm not – this is the issue with Lamar Jackson last Le year. They gave him like a sieve. 
Will you like a sip? They gave the MVP to Lamar Jackson for toasting up bad teams in the Bengals, bad teams in Houston, bad teams in Arizona. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not sicing you for – where was this? Where was this? I only he, This man, Josh Allen, only missed seven passes. Where was this against the two teams that played for the AFC Championship game last year? He is 0-2 against those teams, 26-41, and 263, two touchdowns and two interceptions against Tennessee. 14-27 for 122, two touchdowns and one interception against Kansas City. That is who you're telling me you're ranking this up against. That's who you need to be able to beat. For the longest time, people were like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is the baddest man in football, and he couldn't beat the, Can he couldn't beat the Seattle Seahawks secondary. Mm -hmm. right i'm not giving josh allen and the bills any more shine until they come out here and beat the teams that you have to prove yourself against not a seattle secondary that everybody is roasted a tennessee and kansas city team that played in the afc championship game mm -hmm. so i mean they've got arizona coming up this week and they'll they and they got to buy then they follow by the chargers niners which the niners we know is depleted and then the steelers if they can go let's say okay let me ask you if they can beat let's say e either Arizona or Pittsburgh, what would, what would you say to that notion them being legitimate? I think if they can beat the Steelers because the Arizona Cardinals are an out of conference team that, you know, you, you could, you could lose that game because you don't have tape on them. You don't know how they operate. They could come out here and show you something you've never seen. Right. They're the Arizona Cardinals are probably the team to come into their team to, to play against them that we would have expected from the Seahawks. Right. A mobile quarterback, tons of good uh, wide receivers, probably more of a running uh, a game than the Seattle Seahawks gave against them. That I would say is a wash. Right. If they play well in that game, I'll give them kudos for that. But if mm -hmm. they lose, I'm not going to hurt them for that. If they can't beat the Steelers, they're going to have a problem. You better beat the Steelers because you are the best hope at keeping them from going undefeated through the season. Yeah. I mean, I still think it was a solid win for them, but obviously there's still a lot of football left to play. And you mentioned one of the teams that they couldn't beat was Kansas City. Kansas City barely came out with a W over Carolina. That was kind of intriguing to me. It really makes me ask the question, Are is, is the AFC still – afraid let's say of Kansas City so to speak or are they is Kansas City still that going to be that most dominant team in the in the league and, and just run the table and get to the Super Bowl again looking at this game this was and Carolina is not a terrible team they you know Teddy Bridgewater has been playing pretty well but to me KC should have not just won just by two points right? I would agree I would agree with you I don't think that should have been the case I mean again you so if I can you know interject Something that changed the dynamic of what KC was expecting is that uh, Christian McCaffrey was out there. Right. You, you have tons of game tape from this year of watching the Carolina Panthers play it as a team that did not have Christian McCaffrey. They, what, they only had two games of Christian McCaffrey? I think maybe one game of Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. You know? So you, all of the game tape you watch is play sets. Uh, uh, down and distance, situational football based on a team that did not have Christian McCaffrey. So you'd basically a quagmire. These guys came out of the tunnel and it's a completely different team than you studied for, right? And I give all the credit due to Andy Reid. He will have his team coached up and ready to go. But this is, you know, they had the sleight of hand. They had an unexpected uh, wild card in that, no, we're playing with Christian McCaffrey this week and we're going to be a lot different. But you know what Christian McCaffrey brings to that brings to the table. But KC has so many weapons. They have a player like Chris, like a Christian McCaffrey in Le'Veon Bell on their squad now. You know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the rookie at excuse has been has been well. And the and the weapons that we know Mahomes has in, in Kelsey, 
and Tyreek Hill and Sam Watkins. You know what I mean? He's, they've got all the, all the weapons in the world, you know? But defensively, the fact that they almost let the Carolina Panthers team come out with a victory, even in Kansas City, to me, that was just more telling, like, hmm, you know what? People can go up against these, these big dogs of the AFC and, you know, potentially come out with a possible win. So I'm not, I'm not really betting against Kansas City. However, I'm not. I'm also going to say is it's not a foregone conclusion. I think that now KC will just run the table and be in the Super Bowl. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yep. I think that's fair. I think it's fair. Yep. Also, another game that was kind of a shocker too: Pittsburgh at Dallas. Dallas looked pretty good for you know what, what through three quarters. You know what I mean? Uh, they were what what 19 to nine through three, and Pittsburgh shut them out in the fourth quarter. To me, I asked. I have to ask you the question, Obed. Is this more about the Cowboys playing well with their, what, fourth-string, eighth-string, 17-string quarterback, or the Steelers just playing bad football against a poor team? I'm going to say the Steelers playing bad football against a poor team. And one thing that you'll notice of the Steelers' wins, I mean, yes, this is an undefeated team, uh, but, you know, you you win by 10 against the Giants to open up the season, five against the Broncos, seven against the Texans that almost went to overtime, nine against an Eagles team that was absolutely defeated, uh, depleted. Yeah, you gave it to the Browns. That's status quo. Only three by the Titans in a game that the Titans probably should have won. In, in a five turnover game by Justin, by Lamar Jackson, you only win by four. Right. I feel like the Steelers, while they are undefeated, are really holding on by a thread in a lot of these games. Um, and I don't know what it is, you so, know. And everyone's singing the praises of the Steelers. They have one of the best defenses in the league and they can when they're eight and no and all that. But like you, you just ran down the list. They're barely winning ball games here. Right. Exactly. And, you know, you look at uh, New England from uh, last year with that star studded defense and even the year before that, maybe not putting up the most points, but teams are lucky to score a touchdown. Teams are lucky to score 10, 12, 13 points against those Patriots defenses that people would say were the best all time. You know, I, I, I just feel like the Steelers are not playing to their potential. And we said this a couple of I said this a couple uh, game weeks ago that when the Steelers finally put it all together, they will be very dangerous. But until that point, hap- that point happens, mm-hmm. they just keep seeming to be like hanging around, letting other teams hang out. Again, it took five turnovers to beat a Ravens team in Baltimore by four. Right. That doesn't sound very convincing to me as like this eight and no true stalwart team that could catch a slip up here. Uh, you never know what could happen. You never know what could happen. Yeah, I mean, you really never know what can happen. But it's just to me, it's kind of odd that you know people are saying that Pittsburgh is the most well-rounded team just because they're eight. No, just because you're undefeated doesn't mean you're the best team. You know, you could have had he's got some lucky breaks. Facts. Right. You know, so I will say, just their record doesn't necessarily just stand do it all for me right now. I want to see them play all phases of the game well and actually give some people some um, some beatings. You know what I mean? Looking at their their upcoming schedule, I mean, you know, they've got Cincinnati this weekend. And now obviously now too, you've got a Ben Roethlisberger and a few other players on the COVID-19 reserve list. So if they can't play this weekend, watch out, Steelers fans. You could get it. You could catch an L here against Cincinnati if Mason Rudolph is your starting quarterback. So. Yeah, that's that's a that's a big uh, you know turnaround there. I don't know the injury to to uh, Ben Roethlisberger, knowing that he has COVID right now, but some some uh, 
online like RotoDoc and individuals of that nature who do uh, prognostication as far as injuries on, in football uh, are stating that there might be some ACL implications here for uh, for Ben Roethlisberger. So we'll see. We'll see. That's going to be hurtful. I mean, I did I did hear that you know he has a little bit of a knee injury. He's going to go to the facility get some treatment. Obviously, he can't be around the team, so everything will be done virtually. But he will go get treatment on that knee. If that's something more severe, that's obviously going to change their entire outlook on the season. You had him, you had him out last year. It was they, Pittsburgh still did a phenomenal job of last season finishing eight and eight with with Mason Rudolph at, at QB. But be careful if if he he has to test basically negative for the next for five days in a row, and I believe he tested negative yesterday. So then we, we count today, Thursday, Friday, and you know, and he can maybe resume practice with, with on Saturday. But if he has test positive, let's say Friday, he's not playing on Sunday. You know, so this could be a stumble for them, even as sitting that uneven, they're undefeated. Um, and another game I kind of, or kind of highlight I wanted to mention really quickly, Obed, was um, down in Washington with the Washington football team. They suffered another horrific injury in Kyle Allen. He just had a dislocated ankle, having surgery. He's, he's definitely gone for the season now. Alex Smith came in, and it just really got me wondering and thinking, is Dwayne Haskins ever going to start in this league again, because the fact that you're going with Alex Smith, who suffered a horrific injury himself a couple of years ago, who practically almost lost his leg, you know, um, what does this say about their belief in Dwayne Haskins abilities on the football field? Um, I mean, my understanding is that they benched him for, for not his football playing abilities, but his, you know, leadership and uh, professionalism in the locker room. Uh, but, you know, let's to, uh, to just, you know, split hairs here. He, he was not a pro ready quarterback. He needed work. He needs uh, tutor, tutoring, mentoring. He needs time to develop. And, you know, the NFL has become a league where it takes time. It takes is so much Ron, time. Is Ron Rivera that guy to help him develop? I don't think so. You know, I think Ron I, Rivera. I don't either. A, a you know potential Heisman winning uh, national championship winning quarterback and Cam Newton to be his quarterback mm-hmm. uh, when Ron Rivera was the coach or when he became the coach of the uh, Carolina Panthers so you know he had already had like such a great talent to work with right. that is not the case for a guy in Dwayne Haskins who's a one-year starter regardless of how many points he scored I am not a fan of drafting highly a one-year starter quarterback much like Mazda Mitch there's nothing you can say to me that you sat on the bench the year before you finally got a chance to start I don't care how many touchdowns you threw I you obviously played with a ton of talent when we look at the Curtis Samuels around him the Michael Thomases that were mm-hmm. around him the uh, Terry McLaurin's that were around him uh, I, I don't know if he is ready to play at the professional level and it might take him some time I just don't think he's going to start anytime soon Uh, and we'll see what the value is or who is actually going to trade for him because he's still on his rookie contract with the Washington football team. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a, a, a probably going to be an uphill battle for him, but I guess we'll see what happens there. And probably the biggest game or the biggest shocker of the, of week nine in the NFL was the saints and Buccaneers game. New Orleans just lit up Tampa Bay on Sunday night, man. This was just a brutal, just beat down. Like, what happened to your boy TB12? I was waiting for somebody to throw in the towel, man. I, you know, I, I, there were a couple interceptions there that were just 
terrible throws. Like just, I don't know what he was thinking, throwing across his body into the open field. Um, and then one that he got an interception throwing, which was miscommunication between him and Antonio Brown. Uh, it's that now that you're in reintegrating uh, or integrating a new player into the offense, obviously there's going to be another span of them trying to make things work, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to have seen this in, I would say I'd be more concerned about it if it was a if it was an out of conference team. Uh, more concerned about it, or excuse me, less concerned about it if it was an out of conference team. More concerned about it if it was an in conference team. The fact that it is, well, it is a, a rival, right? And that's the thing, a divisional opponent. These things can happen, divisional opponent to divisional opponent, right? Like this is, it's no different than the AFC South when uh, the Titans will come out there and blow out the uh, the Indianapolis Colts thirty eight to three, and then lose by three to the Jacksonville Jaguars next week, and you're like. What, how is that possible? Um, I, you know, I mean, it's, there's very rarely times that Tom Brady is going to play this poorly um, that like I, I am flabbergasted and taken aback, but um, I think this is just one of the lumps they're going to take against the division rival and they'll be able to bounce back better. I mean, I think, yeah, Tampa Bay is going to be fine. I don't really have or This was kind of just an off game, bad game by them. I don't mean, you know, Brady didn't look smooth at all. He barely threw for over 200 yards and three and three picks man um breeze was just smooth with it obviously getting michael thomas back completely changed their offense even getting emmanuel sanders back as well too yes this, yes because because when you have them on the field particularly michael thomas who's by far one of the top five if not top, excuse me top three receivers in the nfl it stretches the field so you can do different things on offense now, you know, when, when they're out, when, when those guys are out there and Tampa Bay, whether they expected it or not, but the ground game, you have Ronald Jones, the second, you have Leonard Fournette, but, and you have Shady McCoy who didn't even play. I believe you ran the ball for a total of eight yards. I'm going to say that again. You ran the ball five times for a total of eight yards. Yeah. And one, one, of those, one of those five times was Blaine Gabbert running the ball, okay, for a negative, yeah. negative one yard. Yeah. So you take that away. How did you only run the ball with your, your running backs four times? you telling me? Bruce Arians, this risk it, no biscuit, you know, mm-hmm. uh, is not working in a, in a, in a, in a, on against a team like New Orleans. Yeah. It, may work, and it may work, you know, I guess against a poor – New York Giants team or something like that, yeah. not against Sean Payton and those Saints. That's to me, it's that's funny. acceptable. It's funny you say that because the Bucks didn't look all that great against the Giants when they played them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's at, at you. You're right. It's completely unacceptable. I'm mean, gonna completely echo those sentiments. That it is unacceptable. And when you look at what they're doing, it, it really seems like there is there's conflict in like what kind of offense they want to be. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady likes to extend the run game by throwing to the flats right get that wide get that running back in the in that zone and then go ahead just dump off to him and pick up an easy six yard six yards maybe even get out of bounds and save us some clock let us move up the field uh you know he likes to get his uh tight ends in crossing patterns he likes to get his wide receivers out uh down the sidelines uh which he did try to do with antonio brown when he gave up an interception um but you know it just seems to be that uh they want this vertical passing game which to Bruce Arian's credit has kept him alive in the NFL, but has not won him anything in the NFL. Right. So, you know, it's, it's, I think this is that, that conflict of like what they actually want to be. And then that hurts the defense because you're not maintaining 
drives. You're not keeping yourself on the field long enough so that you can give yourselves a chance. They had 19 minutes and 56 seconds of possession. That's ridiculous. The, the, uh, the Saints had 40 minutes of possession in a 60-minute game. My <laughs> goodness, you don't have a chance at all if you're going out there. Do you know why? Because you weren't running the ball. Yeah, you have that's, to. That's it. You ran four times with your running backs. Four times. Yeah. Come on. You got to be. Bruce, you can't. Bruce Arians. This is a poor – I think Dan Orlovsky of ESPN said it the, on Monday morning. This was poor game planning. That's what yes. it was. It was yes. poor game planning by Bruce Arians I'd and that offensive staff. I'd that's agree. what it boils down to. Um, but, I mean, can we say, is New Orleans the best team in the NFC right now? Ooh, well, no, watching that Seattle can't stop anyone. New Orleans has got a great defense that, you know, can take the ball away. Can, let's, let's, let me give Marshawn Lattimore uh, the kudos because in the last, like, three or four games that he's played in, Mike Evans has only caught, like, two passes for zero yards. Like, I mean, just, just blanketing this guy, you know, and you, so he, you know, did get a couple catches this game, but again, blanketing this guy. So much, much credit to Marshawn Lattimore and what they're able to do there, shutting guys out. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's rough. It's rough. I, I would have to say that New Orleans probably is, uh, it's, it's the cream right now. They're the cream until, you know, they lose their next game or we see where they end up. But I would have to say New Orleans is the best team in the NFC right now. Yeah, dude. I mean, they're looking strong as always. Drew Brees is definitely uh, wants to win another title for sure. Board said and done. So we'll see what happens there. Um, let's get into our next segment. Of course, one of my favorite. You write, you man. Will we make some bold statements? We ask the other one if they're correct or if they're just outright crazy. Obed, I say to you first. Vikings running back Dalvin Cook is the best running back in the NFL. Sherman, you write. This year, I would have to give it to him. I mean, he is on an absolute tear. I mean, he's got something like 600 rushing yards in the last three games. You know, I mean, just taking – he's scoring through the air, scoring on the ground, you know. And, again, this goes all the way back to earlier this year where he wanted a new contract and people scoffed at the idea of paying him more money, paying him more than $13 million a year. Right, These right. teams that we consider some of the best – have the best running backs and they need to be paid as such. I don't know what New Orleans looks like if they can't hand the ball off to Alvin Kamara, but they don't look this good. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know what the Tennessee Titans look like if they don't hand the ball off to, uh, uh, to Derrick Henry, but they don't, they won't look this good, you know, and, and Minnesota has, and you look at a lot of these teams are spending time hiding their quarterbacks, hiding what that quarterback brings to the table because the running back and the offensive line are doing all the work. I, I don't know why Kirk Cousins, who just read up his contract for $33 million a year, two mm -hmm. more years added, right? extension, is just out here only completing like 10, 12 passes. It's deplorable. Uh, but I got to give it to you. If the Vikings didn't have Dalvin Cook, I don't know what they'd have. I, I will say he looks like the best running back in the NFL right now. Dude, I mean, he's beasting, dude. He's leading the league in rushing yards with, what, 858 yards and leading the league in touchdowns with 12 on the ground. I mean, he's – I still think Derrick Henry Derrick Henry is uh, is up top, as you mentioned, too. But Dalvin Cook, he's looking like he is the best running back out there. Sherman, I got a question for you. Drew Brees is more desperate for a Super Bowl win than Tom Brady. You right, you man. Oh, Bed, I'm going to say you right because I think Breeze has less time than Tom Brady does. Tom Brady can probably play another three seasons. 
I don't think Drew Brees will be around that long. So Brees needs to win now, especially being so close the last few years in a row. We all know um, the call against the Rams, you know, the, the non-pass interference call, um, even against Minnesota as well too, twice against, you know, coming up short against Minnesota, the, the Minneapolis miracle, been so close the past few years and just coming up short. Man, you know, uh, I don't really know what's going to happen, but Breeze, I think, is certainly more desperate than Tom Brady because I think he will retire before Tom Brady does. Which is crazy to absolutely think that Tom Brady's going to be out here 45 years old, still slinging it. But you know what? <laughs> I mean, father time is undefeated, but Tom Brady right. is going to 12, maybe 15 rounds with that guy. Right, right, right. Yep. And last, I'll, I'll bet I'll say to you, you're right, you mad. Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence and Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields cannot overcome Adam Gase as a head coach in the NFL. Sherman, you right. Um, I'm kind of concerned, and I'm not saying that these guys aren't potential generational talents, much like a guy like, you know, Peyton Manning going into a uh, rough situation with the Indianapolis Colts when he came out. Um, or, you know, a uh, Drew Brees going to the Chargers at the time, uh, kind of finding their way, even though they did, that was the beginning of the LaDainian Tomlinson era for them. Um, I just don't know if, one, Adam Gase has already proved that he doesn't know the current, or excuse me, the previous NFL standard of uh, of quarterbacking and offense offense play because he just gave that up to Pat, uh, Peyton Manning and Peyton Manning took him to a Super Bowl and won one for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't seem like he's able to work with a current most recent uh, talent in uh, probably the best quarterback to come out of USC uh, in, um, oh, I can't remember. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold uh, in a long time. Um, you know, not uh, Sam Darnold's not the problem. If you look at all these previous players who have left the Adam Gase as a coach, the Kenyon Drakes, the Daryl Williams, uh, the Robbie Anderson of late right now, who's leading uh, is one of the top five wide receivers in the NFL by yardage. Um, these individuals seem to be playing so much better without him. Uh, I just simple, don't to me, the simple fact that you couldn't use Le'Veon Bell properly is ridiculous, but get ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Ahead, no, no, no. Ahead. Great point. Great point. You know, you're not even using guys who we know are successful players that have been successful players in ways that they need to be successful. We'll look at the metrics. It's not them. It is Adam Gase. I'm concerned that they're going to come out, get that money and then never be heard from again, because he's going to ruin the fact that these guys are amazing. They could be, it's just them coming out and just winning is not going to cut it. They're going to go to a guy who just doesn't know what he's doing and he's going to stunt their their stunt or destroy their chance to be something great. So I do not believe that they can overcome Adam Gase as a head coach. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough for real. I mean, I don't, to be honest, I don't even think Adam Gase will be there, be around next year. People are worried about Trevor Lawrence going number one overalls in the New York Jets, but I don't even think Adam Gase is going to be there. So let's see. Let's get into the picks, Obed. Um, looking at last week, we actually did pretty well. Each I went 12 and 2, you went 11 and 3, got that uh, Buffalo win. I know you changed it up with Seattle there, so that was your fault, <laughs> not mine. But um, we're, looks like I'm only a game, by, a game behind you, so let's help you see how we do in week. 10. All right, let's start off first week Thursday night football, Indianapolis at Tennessee. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Tennessee here. We talked about Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill is playing well. I'm gonna I'm going Tennessee. I'm also gonna go Tennessee. I mean, Indianapolis just looks so they in a game that they probably could have beat uh, Baltimore because their defense really came alive for them, uh, and much as the same for most of the year. Um, with the worst tackle that uh, Philip Rivers has ever made in his entire career, just terrible. Um, but you see that that hip thrust is probably why he got them like nine or eleven kids or whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Tennessee on this one. 
Yep, Houston at Cleveland. Um, I'm gonna go Cleveland. Just Houston's just not the same with you know they're just they're just a bad team. I'll, I'll go Cleveland. Just a bad team, bad secondary, and Cleveland should have uh, Nick Chubb back. So that one two punch between him and the Kareem Hunt is gonna be back in effect. So yeah, Cleveland. Gotcha. Uh, that'll be nice. Washington at Detroit. Gonna go Detroit. You know, we talked about we just talked about Washington a little bit while ago with Alex Smith gonna be their quarterback, but Washington's just a bad team. I'll just I'll say Detroit. Washington is just a bad team, but uh, it, this could be a toss-up. It could go either way. But, uh, you know, Washington, I thought, had a chance against the New York Giants. New York Giants mm -hmm. You don't often expect the two-win team to lose to the one-win team. But, hey, <laughs> Washington going to Washington. Let's go Detroit. <laughs> Washington going to Washington. Nice. Uh, Jacksonville at Green Bay, easy one. That bad man Aaron Rodgers will be going off. Green Bay all the way. Then no, nothing for me to say there. Keep it moving. <laughs> yep. Philly at the New York football Giants, another bad NFC East matchup. I'll just say Philly just because the Giants are just that much worse, but Philly's not that much better, I'll say. Well, so I'll say this. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey practicing full for the first time this this season. Um, mm -hmm. So look that he'll be back out there. Uh, Dallas Goddard was out there last week ran a route on 84.8% of the routes that uh, are route of the uh, snaps that he was in on for passing downs for them. They're going to come back in a big way with him. So I'm going to go Philly. Okay. Yep. Tampa Bay at Carolina. Yeah. Tampa Bay. They're going to come back out with a vengeance after that debacle of a loss. We just talked about against the saints on Sunday night. So the TB 12 will be lighting it up. Yeah, I, you know, they, the, Tampa Bay has been kind of so-so against their own division, but and Carolina's not, looks like they're not going to have Christian McCaffrey back as he injured his shoulder, so I Oh, go my Tampa goodness. Bay, yeah, yeah that, that's definitely a, a bad one for them. I don't even know why, I think I said this last week, I don't, don't even know why Christian McCaffrey even came back. You play the Chiefs, now you got to go up against the Bucks. It's a deal, just wait, let him rest. Let him get 100% healthy and come back. Um, Denver at Las Vegas. I'm going to go with the Raiders here. Um, Denver is just all around poor team. Drew Locke, I don't think is the answer. Still don't think John Elway knows how to draft a quarterback. Hashtag just saying. Hashtag uh, completely agreed. <laughs> um, LA at Miami. It's the Chargers. Um, Miami with this one. Tua, he's not throwing up big numbers, but I think he's kind of getting in the groove. So we'll see how it goes. But I'll, I'll pick Miami. Yeah, you know, I, I will say that the Chargers will present quite the, the – uh, Dynamic for them. Miami's defense it looks like they've been playing very well. It will give them an absolute, uh, you know, stifling chance to keep them out of the end zone. Um, I'm going to go Miami. I kind of think Los Angeles could do something this game, but I'm going to go Miami. Okay. You know what's funny? Uh, I was going to say the Chargers at first. I was actually almost even thinking about switching my pick, but I'm going to, I'll, I'll stick with, I will stick with Miami. Uh, Buffalo at Arizona, and I think everyone knows where I would go with this one, but you know what? I'm going to go Arizona. I was really thinking Buffalo here, but if it's in Arizona, I think this is a game that, you know, we could, the Bills could end up winning, but I think this one, Arizona kind of sneaks in and gets this W. Buffalo kind of gets back on track the following week, so I'll go Arizona here. Yeah, East Coast team on the West Coast, you know, it's when those teams switch coasts is always uh, stifling for me. It's weird. I kind of feel like Buffalo could do something in here, but mm. there's Arizona is going to have a better secondary than Seattle. And the reason that Buffalo is able to be successful against Seattle is because the secondary is terrible. Which So I'm going to go to Arizona, which then leads me into Seattle at Los Angeles. Um, I just don't know. I'm going to pick the Rams in this one, and I know that's going to be crazy, uh, but mm. it's it's the Seattle has no secondary, and if there's somebody who can exploit this, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Sean McVay. Um, so I'm going to go Los Angeles in this one for the Rams at home. I'm going to say Seattle. Um, I will say, Obed, your Rams pick is not a bad pick, especially it's in L.A., 
they can light out. Like you said, the Seattle defense is pretty poor, but I will stay with Seattle as my pick in this one. Um, San Fran at New Orleans. We all know San Fran has really any team. No Garoppolo, nor George Kittle. Their running backs are depleted. Yeah, they're just stricken with, riddled with injuries. So New Orleans. Yeah, I'm mean, gonna completely agree with you on that one. There's this. Well, I don't know why San Francisco has been in some games with some of these other teams, but they should be losing almost every game. As they really as should. Yeah. So I'm gonna go New Orleans on this. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. I'm saying Pittsburgh with an asterisk because if. Ben does not play due to this COVID, you know, list and things like yeah. that. Then my pick will change. It's Mason Rudolph. My I think my picket will change to Cincinnati. So if if Ben Roethlisberger, if they're if that Pittsburgh team is 100% healthy as far as the guys coming up off of that list and being able to play, my pick will stay with Pittsburgh. However, if not, it will change to Cincinnati. I'm with you on that one as well. I, I completely agree. I saw as soon as I saw the asterisk, I was like, "Yep, if Big Ben's not out there, Cincinnati's got a chance." As I really like what Joe Burrow's been doing. Yeah, Joe Burrow, he's, he hasn't been playing. He hasn't been playing bad, so we'll see. But um, next one, Sunday night matchup: Baltimore at New New England. This is not your typical uh, old school Ravens Patriots matchup, although it should be a good one with Lamar Jackson and Cam Newton. I'm gonna go with Baltimore. Cam just hasn't been playing well. You know, Bill, Bill, everyone, everyone tried to say, you know, you know, you know, I have a uh, shout out to my, shout out to the homie Rav who tried to say, you know, it was all Belichick. It was all Belichick. Brady wasn't doing squad. Well, you know what? Brady's not there. You had pretty much had the same squad. Now they're not doing anything. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go Baltimore here. Yeah, I'm going to go Baltimore. I mean, there's just not enough defense in New England. They've had, you know, eight players that opted out, a uh, number of players that, you know, left in free agency. Um, they just don't have the pieces on, on the, you know, the, the the most senior wide receiver is Demir Bird, who's a guy they picked up from Carolina so that Cam has somebody he has familiarity with. It's just not the same team on offense, and it's like more bare cupboard than Tom had to deal with. So no way I can't pick. I can't pick New England. This. I'm sorry. Baltimore's going to come in and do what they Man, do. Man, your squad's looking rough, dude. Yeah. Down here. Uh, yep. And the last match of Monday Night Football, Minnesota at Chicago. Dude, I'm going to go the Bears. Going the Bears. Um, hopefully Nick Foles can kind of turn it around. They've been, he's been struggling a bit. But um, the, I, the reason I'm picking the Bears is because the Chicago defense is better than the Minnesota defense. And I know they're going to have to deal with – we just talked about it, Dalvin Cook. Cleo Mack should be able to shut this dude down. We'll see. But I'm going to go the Bears. I, you know, I, I respect Khalil Mack, but he is one guy, and that offense has looked so different. I, I like some of the play calling that they had in which, you know, the, the focal point has not been uh, uh, Adam Thielen. You know, they got a touchdown to Irv Smith. They're throwing some balls to Kyle Rudolph, the other tight end, getting those guys in motion, running based on the uh, running their offense based on the run game, which is what they wanted to do all year, and they look completely different. Um, I, even if they get half of what uh, Dalvin Cook is giving them, that's going to open up so much for other players that I think mm -hmm. they've got a chance in this one. So I'm going yeah. Minnesota. Okay. All right. We'll see what happens in that matchup. Uh, folks, I think that's going to do it for us this week here on What's the Word Entertainment. As always, don't forget to check us out on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, as well as on Spotify, also on Twitter at the WWENT. For my co-host, Obed, I am sure we're going to catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace. <laughs>